And that's a bit of the latest single. It's a great one from my guest, Alberta's Dan Davidson. The song is called I Do. I'll ask Dan about the writing of that song, and I'll also ask him about the story behind the hilarious music video that goes with it. Of course, Dan is no stranger to making comedic music videos. He comes by it naturally, and they are always entertaining. Um, I'll congratulate him on this past weekend's Dieselbird Digital Music Fest, which aired on Instagram Live Saturday and Sunday. Dan was the host, did an amazing job, with an amazing lineup of artists, including the pre-show party with Brett Kissel. Um, that raised money the whole weekend of Dieselbird for Unison and Red Cross. Dan has had three CCMA nominations and 10 Alberta Country Music Association awards. Without further ado, Dan Davidson, welcome to the show. How are you, Dan? I'm good, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty pretty wild this last last couple of weeks. You know, it's uh, it's something I never thought I would end up doing, working on a digital music festival, <laughs> especially you know in this day and age. But yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind, and it's it's nice to have something to do while we're uh, we're all locked inside. Absolutely, I know that so many people, and obviously you know this because all the comments and all the people that were watching in the comments on social media. This was such a big deal because we are all um, not seeing live music in person and you, the artists, aren't performing. We, the fans, aren't seeing it. So to have a Saturday and Sunday to watch on Instagram Live all of our favorite artists, so many great artists on there with you doing such a wonderful job hosting, um, such a wonderful idea. And you pulled this together pretty quickly. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, it, it did come together quickly. It was a... Uh, it was exactly 14 days before the event. Uh, I got a call from my partner in a lot of this stuff, uh, Travis Nesbitt, who's my, my branding guy, video director. We share an office together. Um, and we're just kind of talking about, like, what can we do? Everyone's doing these live streams because we're all locked down and stuff. What can we do to make it bigger, better, and more impactful? Um, so we came up with this idea of a digital music festival. Like, it's it's a... It's you know it's it's branded and, and it comes off a little differently than just like a, a live stream, but in many ways it it shares the same uh, core of what a lot of artists are doing. We just wanted to figure out a way to make people feel like it was a big thing and we could all come together as a music community to do something impactful. So, partnered up uh, with the Unison Benevolent Fund and, and the Canadian Red Cross. Uh, the Unison Fund obviously is a, is something that helps. Um, the music community, it's, it's provides, you know, everything from counseling to financial advice to sometimes financial assistance. So that's, that's really impactful for me because if my summer goes away, 75% of my money goes away, which means I'm not playing, my band's not getting paid, my techs aren't getting paid, the photographers aren't getting paid. So our whole industry really hangs in the balance. Um, so it's scary times. So, you know, it's, it's important to me to come together as a music community to support each other, but also Canadians, uh, through the Red Cross during this time where we need support on, on uh, prevention of spreading and, and treatment and things like that. So that's kind of where it stemmed from. And, 
and telling that story to other artists in the industry here, especially in the Canadian country music industry, it really resonated. And a lot of people were, were quick to jump on board. And, you know, as soon as one st- started saying yes, the dominoes really started to fall. And before we knew it, we had guys like Dallas Smith and, you know, Tebe and James Barker and the Reclaws and Megan Patrick and everybody. Just All of a sudden we had literally everybody. <laughs> What an awesome lineup. Uh, just incredible. And it's almost something that, uh, I mean, you could do again. It's something you could do almost any time of the year at this point, although live shows, of course, are much better to get out to. But uh, this could happen again. It really could, yeah. I mean, that was a, a huge part of our intention with this as we got rolling and we started having more and more brainstorms uh, with me and a couple other guys that were kind of helping me organize it all. Um, we're looking at doing physical festivals and, and, and other things, um, you know, in the digital world as well. But we definitely have a lot of big plans for the Diesel Bird name, and, and we're really excited about it. Excellent. And uh, people can head to dieselbirdfest.com. Um, I know the donate links are still there for Unison and Red Cross. And the merch is still available, as far as I know, Dan, that people can uh, still order all the great merchandise you've got. Yeah, that's right. And every dollar goes towards the Unison and, and the Red Cross, of course. And I think there was a, a yeah, if, if you go to the our website to donate to Unison, Spotify has agreed that they're going to match all donations, which is really, really cool, I think, of them oh, yeah. to uh, really come to the table with something that could be really impactful for that uh, for that charity. So really awesome stuff. You know, it, it, was, it was amazing to see people, cor- big corporations kind of stepping out of the the corporate suit to help us with this thing. Uh, you know, we were having conversations with Coors Original and, and Stingray and RBC, and mm-hmm. they really wanted to come at it like a corporation. They wanted to just like, hey, you guys are doing something cool. Can we help get the word out about this or do some donations on our part and be part of it? And I was like, wow, this is this is the least corporate conversation I've ever had with a sponsor. <laughs> so it was really nice. It's so cool when people come together. At, well, it's an unprecedented time like this and that people are stepping up. And there's so much good coming out of this, um, which is what is going to get it, get us through it, obviously, is, is the good in us coming together, and especially everybody in the music community, and you're seeing this, I'm seeing this, we're all seeing the live streams and just the support online. So the music community is well supported, uh, both, I guess, in a financial sense and through Unison and just in a moral support, and, and we're there for them. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's um, it's amazing because we're really it's it's the, really the great equalizer. We're all in the same boat here, um, and you know, we all have a lot of people that that uh, that we deal with that we need to help support. And it's 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 crazy. You know, whether you're a, a small art, smaller artist that does house concerts, you can't do those anymore. Or if you're Dallas Smith or Team Brody, you can't can't fill arenas, and that's in uh, you know in sort of a related capacity it's it's really interesting to see how uh, how we're going to cope with this and how the music industry is going to bounce back when we can hang out with each other it's going to be a you're going to see like 25 albums drop in september probably (laughs) exactly there's going to be so much pent up and built up music uh when that great day finally arrives and we can't wait um let's get into your music career dance so many great things happening since 2016 when you released the song found that you wrote with Clayton Bellamy. Um, that song mm-hmm. came on, and of course, I was, I was listening to country radio, and it came on Gangbusters. Uh, tell me how that song, and at that time, changed your life. 
Oh, it was it was insane. There's no there's no other question in my mind that that was a, a defining moment in my music career when that song came out. It uh, this is it's weird, you know. It's hard for lightning to strike twice in this business. And I I had a crew and I've had top forties and I've toured with Bon Jovi and I've I've had big commercials in the U.S. and, and when that kind of came to a halt, I was like, wow, that, that is really a bummer that, you know, maybe that's it for me. I don't know. And went back to school and got a commerce degree. And, and, uh, and then when I was graduated, I just knew I wasn't done yet. So I uh, <laughs> started writing and, and, you know, it, the story is really interesting because I'd known Dallas Smith for so long and I went to see him play and went to his after party after he opened for Florida Georgia line. And he's like, man, you should try this. You know, like you got the right voice and the right look for this kind of thing. And, and then I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, Dan Davidson sounds like a pair of jeans. That's perfect. <laughs> so, so, I, uh, so I started rolling with that and writing and, and I started realizing that there was a part of my writing. It was just a door I always kept locked with all these countryisms. So I just kind of went and just, you know, open that door and let it pour out. And I uh, was looking, there's not, you know, being in central Alberta, there's a lot of country music here, but there's not, the songwriting community isn't isn't really as here as it is in Nashville or Toronto or LA or Vancouver. Um, so you know, I just started doing some Skype writes, and then I realized, oh yeah, Clayton Bellamy from the Roadhammers kind of lives around here. So I'd, I'd met Clay a few times at festivals and stuff, but we'd never really hung out. We weren't really friends yet, and I was just like, do you want, you want us to write a song? I got this idea. I'm kicking around, and I'd written "Found" the day before, like the chorus part of it, and in my kitchen with no guitar, just stomping and clapping and um, took it to Clay, and we just we had the song done in like two hours. So it's what, one of those things we refer to as a sky song, just falls into your lap from nowhere. And yeah, it was just when that came out that my whole first year of my career was keeping up to that song, just doing everything I could to be the guy, be as good of an artist as that song was. So it was uh, <laughs> it was the best kickstart to a career I could have had is is having to keep up with my own momentum. Isn't that pretty amazing to have a song right that's almost bigger than you and you've got to live up to it, keep up with it. And the success of that is just so amazing because everybody across the country who is listening to country radio at that point uh, knew who you were from this song and just kind of going from nowhere to everywhere. Yeah, and you know, it's, uh, it was really fun the first few years of the CCMAs um, with that kind of attitude. And it's, it's great because you still see it now once in a while somebody just has a first song that comes out and just smashes it like right now tyler joe miller his he's the first release uh on mdm right now his first song he put out pillow talking is like top 10 yeah it's it's amazing you know it's 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 really the best way to start a career is is to jump in head first and figure it out and the indie rock group that you came from before starting your solo country career was Tupelo Honey. Uh, tell me a bit about the group. Were you guys around, I think I was reading, about 10 years in total? Yeah, yeah. It's it's so crazy to say that out loud, that we were a band for that long. But we, uh, <laughs> yeah, we started in Edmonton, and you know, we were I mean, another one of these things. I just got horseshoes uh, up somewhere. But <laughs> yeah, we started our first show. We won a talent contest in, in, in our hometown, and somebody was there from stage 13, which is like the rock and roll Big Valley Jamboree, essentially, on the same grounds as Big Valley and everything. And they're like, hey, you guys want to come play our beer garden stage for four or 5,000 people? And that would have been our first show. So we obviously said yes. <laughs> we had to write like four <laughs> songs to be able to fill a set in two weeks. So it was one of those things, you know, it, it, it's like I was just saying with Found, you, you got to 
hit the road running a little bit. So we did that. And, and uh, since we conquered that challenge, you know, all of a sudden we were, had an agent and, and we were touring and before long we were having top forties and we're on the road with Billy talent and metric and three days, grace and Bon Jovi and shine down and all these bands. And, uh, we just, we had quite an experience and that's where I got to know a lot of people that I pulled in for the Dieselberg fest, like Josh Ramsey from Mariana's trench. We were, uh, we did our, both of our bands first tour together across the country and, See, there's a real bond that happens out there on the road with, between bands that, that have to spend that much time together, and especially people going through it for the first time. It was, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, those guys are lifelong friends, and it's, it's you know, I'm really happy to have friends from all these different walks of life, rock and roll, pop, country. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Kind of cool, because there is a place where all those uh, forms converge. Maybe not the sound, but just the camaraderie and... Um, the, the friendship and, and musically sometimes those uh, different worlds can come together. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when I do writing for other people, you know, I, I obviously I write in with tons of country writers and country artists. And, and typically when I'm there, I'm writing for myself, but when I'm writing for other people, I find myself in the room writing pop music a lot. Just, just kind of uh, my production style, how I am as a producer, I just seem to produce pop music more naturally i guess so um, yeah it's it's funny it's nice to exercise different parts of your brain i think to stay creatively balanced and and that's that's what helps me appreciate um country music and look for different angles when i come at it for my stuff is just having um dip my toes in a couple other pools too what's the difference dan do you find from being in tupelo honey a rock group versus being a country artist, um, as far as fan response to you, fan interaction, and just that kind of thing. Because uh, typically, you know, we kind of feel that um, country artists and fans have a closer relationship. Yeah, country fans, the thing about them are they're so consistent. Like, they just, they'll find somebody they like, and they like them forever. And they, you know, that you can always count on what a country fan is going to be like. It's not always about being cool, and, and you know, it's more about connecting with people and having fun. And that's really the world I want to live in. Um, obviously, rock fans are great, too, and there's some diehards, but I found that trends seem to come and go so hard. At least they did for, for when I was in Tupelo Honey. You know, like there was there was different subgenres that became the thing, and, and uh, radio was really up and down. But with country music, it seems like there's a place for everybody, for all the artists. Like everyone can fit mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, so that's kind of the world that matches my life right now. I'll always love rock music and you know i'll probably always try and write some stuff here and there produce some things um but yeah i mean as far as fans go it's just it's it's such a reliable fun loving singing beer drinking crowd that uh is really a lot of fun to entertain like you can smile at people and, and you know have fun with people and i like that right exactly um let's turn to your current single called i do and there's a very cool video uh, which we'll talk about too, that goes with the song. That's that's very funny, as as your videos all are. Um, first of all, tell me about the song itself. <laughs> well, the song's actually really interesting. You know, like we always think about country music as a thing that's like country music is America and Canada and maybe Australia. But yeah, I started. You know, I was just saying I, I do a lot of writing for pop music. My publisher sent me over to Europe to write for a bunch of Scandinavian pop acts, and I was having this great great adventure in uh in denmark and, and then i told them i wanted to go to england for a few days to to write a little bit because england i i feel like 
they're they're going to be the next wave of country. Like if there's a, there's an underground fan surge happening there. So I was like, I'd like to oh, get over there and make some connections before that market really explodes. And, you know, maybe I can be one of the first to the party over there. But so I went over mm. and I started writing with some people and uh, I wrote with this guy. I had no idea how it was going to go. It was like, this guy was in a massive metal band that toured with like Slayer and Slipknot <laughs> and, and I met him and he's just like the most mild mannered guy, country fan. And so me and this English metalhead wrote, <laughs> wrote, I do. And uh, another guy too, is, he plays in, he played in two of the biggest country acts in the UK. Uh, but he's also a big rock guy. So it was the three of us and we wrote this, you know, sweet, like wedding song. Yeah. But it's got some energy still. It's still got some of that Dan Davidson kind of thing in it. And um, yeah, it was just such an interesting experience to write, over there and have a song that I feel like really could resonate with the people that, that appreciated found. So I brought that back and um, everyone seemed to just love it. So we rolled with it, not, you know, brain off, not thinking about the politics of what people are going to say if it wasn't written in Nashville. That's one thing that bugs me. Everyone thinks that Nashville has got this magic thing about it, but you know, I think there's great musicians from everywhere in the world and great, great musical minds mm. in Canada. And I think we have so many underrated Polinar in our country. And, you know, I do my best to support them as much as I can, but, um, anyway, yeah, we were talking about the video for I do. And that's, <laughs> uh, so we did this video. I had this plan. Like I always want to get my wife in a video, but I just can't, like, it's just hard to write her in. But this one, we we're like, you know what, let's, since it's kind of a wedding song and my, my 10 year wedding anniversary is coming up. Why don't we do something kind of sweet and, and I'll go on this epic date with my wife, Jen, and it'll be this cute moment kind of thing. And, We'll make it a little funny. I'll be the butt of the joke, whatever. But she hurt her back <laughs> the morning of the shoot, and the next day I was leaving for Europe. So we got my friend Mike Nash, who plays bass in a band called the Prairie States out here, and uh, Mike was happy to go on a nice little bro date with me. <laughs> so Mike and I went out and basically did the date, and uh, and then we just photoshopped my wife Jen's face on top of Mike's oh my body. Goodness. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, we released it for Valentine's Day, and it just like it had a viral appeal. We got like 105,000 views in five days or something. So yeah, a lot of fun. Hilarious, and of course, at the beginning, it talks about the story of why your wife's not in the video. And you know, part of me thought, well, okay, well, this was just set up this way because it's very funny. But this is—it's an actual true story, which makes it, I guess, even funnier. Yeah, and you know what? We were nervous. We were so nervous, like going into it, because we're like, "Oh man, is this a good idea? Is this funny? Are we wasting our time?" And uh, and then after, even even after when we released the video, I think that um, Travis, my director, I think he was pretty sure it wasn't funny. And then we just had this like huge reaction from people. So we're like, "Okay, thank God it was funny." Yeah. <laughs> so it resonated. It's always interesting. You, you, obviously you usually know when something's funny but it is great when you put it out and if you're not sure you get all the comments on social media and then you know okay good this isn't dumb it is funny yeah that's i feel like that's the bane of my existence like we're always we're pushing we're always pushing it a little bit with our with our videos right. and i think the sense of humor that we have around our office is maybe a little outside the box for country so we always kind of pull it back in a little bit and we're never quite <laughs> sure if we pulled it in far enough right yeah. That is that's so funny, but it's a great video for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, check it out online, and let's hear the song now from my guest Dan Davidson. This is "I Do" on In the Country. 
Maybe I'm acting crazy, but that's the way that you shake me. You make me lose myself. Say it, man, I wish I could say it. If I find the moment, I'll take it. Cause there ain't nobody else. I'm wrapped around your finger. Girl, you're my everything, yeah. Let's not waste one more minute. There ain't no world without you in it. I don't wanna change anything about you. And I don't wanna see another day without you. Alberta's Dan Davidson in his most recent release. It's called I Do, and it's a standalone single right now. Uh, his previous album before that is called Juliet, and we have a song from that on the way uh, from it. Um, congratulations, first of all, over the course of your career, three CCMA nominations and 10 Alberta Country Music of Association awards. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's it's uh, such a nice pat on the back. It's, never you know words are funny like you never really want to like it's i don't know it's music isn't really football you know it's hard to win music but if somebody hands you something from the hard work that you've been doing it's always nice to accept it (laughs) it is great it's acknowledgement uh that you you know are the best or subjectively the best but it's it's uh, confirmation of all that and of course it keeps you going 
Um, do you find, Dan, with your sound in country music, is it evolving? Is it changing? Are, are there new um, sounds you want to try? In fact, on that note, I, I, I've noticed you've got a, a release, uh, DD and the Butter Lovers, which is a whole bluegrass spin on things. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, that was funny. We were, we were trying to do, uh, like, um, my big thing is, is trying to put out a ton of content this year, so I want to do a video every month, whether it's a single or whether it's something viral. So I want, I can't, like, I love bluegrass music, and I, I wanted to come up with something silly and do, like, kind of a bluegrass covers thing and put it up on the Internet. But we decided that we can't just do that. It has, there has to be an edge to it. So, you know, we went to the dollar store and made this, just got a bunch of dumb props for this video. And uh, <laughs> as we were waiting in line to check out, we're like, we need to call the band something. And uh, we walked by the microwavable popcorn aisle, and it said Butter Lovers on it. So we just went with Dee Dee and the Butter Lovers. <laughs> <laughs> you never know simple. where inspiration so we, yeah, is going to come from. Exactly. We did, uh, so we did three <laughs> covers on the Dee Dee and the Butter Lovers EP. We did a, a Shawn Mendes cover, and, and we, we heard that, that we have a friend in their camp, and Shawn Mendes watched it, so that's cool. And we did a awesome. Megadeth cover. <laughs> and the Megadeth cover... <laughs> The metal, the metal community just exploded. Some of them with hatred, <laughs> but right. we ended up uh, on the cover of Billboard magazine's website and also on Revolver, and so like huge press out of the silly little bluegrass covers thing. So well, I'm probably going to do some more of those. <laughs> Pretty amazing when you when you get creative and do something different, a little side project like this that is out of the box. Um, it takes off. So I guess it's a lesson in, which you already knew, in music for other artists out there to try to find a different angle on what you're doing. And maybe it's a one-off thing, but it could get you some attention. Yeah, no, I think that's it. I mean, it's, uh, for me, it's a big part of making fans these days is just trying to show some personality and, and doing some stuff that, you know, you're promo always promoting your music and you want people to, like, download your single or whatever it is. But I think mm -hmm. there's there's so much more... Um, value in somebody relating to an artist and associating themselves with them and, and you know, just really feeling that they're emotionally invested. And that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I just want people to to not just be like, oh, that was a cool song. I want people to be like, I love this guy. He's, he's, he's really interesting, you know? Absolutely. Um, our listeners can head to dandavidsonmusic.com to learn more about you and check out those videos we talked about, the uh, bluegrass covers and all the great stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'll edit that out. That's all the great stuff that's going on at your website. Uh, let's talk about uh, Dream Duet Partners, Dan. I ask this question a lot on the show. Sometimes it comes to the artist's mind pretty quickly, and sometimes you've got to think about it. But is there anybody out there, a female artist, Dan, that you think you and her would make a great teaming of two voices and a great duet? Oh, man, that's interesting. <laughs> well, in the Canadian scene... Um, I I think like I think Jess Moskluk is is amazing, and I I'd love to do a song with her. I think she just she's just such a strong singer and and a fun person. And just there's something about her personality that really uh, like I was just saying. Like I think she's one of these people that her personality shines through, and I think people can relate to her. So that definitely uh, would be something that would work with me. <laughs> Great choice. She is doing so well out there, to say the least, and over the last few years, winning Female Artist of the Year at the CCMAs and all the great stuff she's done. Has a number one out now called Country Girls. Uh, amazing. Um, you've worked with some great people in the business. Of course, you've written with Clayton Bellamy. Um, your producer 
is Jeff Dalziel, who produces a lot of acts uh, from the country music world, and he's just you know doing so many amazing things. Tell me about working with Jeff and just how he either helped shape your sound or your vocals or what he added to what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, he's been a part of my career since day one. I mean, he, he produced uh, um, basic, well, our second EP with Tupelo Honey we did with Jeff, and I've ever, he's the only person I've worked with as a producer ever since. So we've been, we've been friends for a long, long time, 15 years or so, and yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, he, he basically was a mentor for me on the production side of things, and he really taught us about co-writing and and yeah, brought me into the the professional world, really. So um, you know, I'm I'm very grateful for Jeff. He's a very talented guy. He's, he's uh, super detail oriented and very meticulous about things. Um, so he's taught me a lot about patience and and timing and and things like that. He's just like an amazingly talented guy. Like his mixes are fantastic, and he doesn't. He's not somebody that leans on technology like crazy. Like he. He's uh, really learned how to trust his ears and to know how things are going to sound through different mediums. Like he knows, well, you know, we better mix it like this if it's a radio single because this is going to sound different in in the car than you know than you think mm-hmm. it might. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really really interesting. He's become a really close friend to me over the years, and you know, spent a lot of time <laughs> at his house writing and producing music. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely like family to me. What's it like, Dan, when you're in the studio and it's a song that you've written, and of course you know it acoustically, you played it on the guitar, vocally and all that, now you're hearing Jeff produce the tracks and the song is starting to get closer to a radio single or an album cut at that point. Um, what is that feeling like to hear something you created start to sound like you know, an amazing song when it's produced? I think it's it's super cool to have. Depend, you know, It's always tricky these days because... Before, in the earlier days when I was working with Jeff, we would send Jeff a, like a voice note um, of me playing the song on guitar. And it would just be me singing acoustic guitar, and that's it. Um, but now, you know, you go to a place like Nashville, and you come back with these demos that are shined up really well. Um, but the thing is that people, a lot of people that are making the demos, they don't really they don't know the artist's personality or what they're going for, but they'll, they'll take a stab at it. And it's really hard for people to turn off the demo production in their minds, you know. So now, now it's a it's a world of when we get into the studio, we really try have to try and palate cleanse ourselves from what we're used to on the demo. It's a term we started mm-hmm. referring to as demoitis. So you, you don't want to get too attached to something, and you have to really learn to trust your producer and, and really learn uh, to trust people that share your vision. Um, so that's that's a big challenge actually for me is is getting out of that world and and. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, when I come back from a place like Nashville, if I love a song, sometimes the production, the demo production is really pop, and and I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing, keeping a, a good, solid foot into what I think made people kind of associate some sort of, I don't know, mental investment into what I do, like that stomp clap kind of sound, a little bit of fiddle. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to make sure I always have a foot in that world that's, a little more country um, than some other people. Definitely. Um, let's turn to some, uh, speaking of songs of yours, and that sound, the great Dan Davidson sound. And what did you describe it as earlier? Your name sounds like a pair of jeans. <laughs> yeah, I have a Dan Davidson in size 30. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's awesome. Um, the song is called Church, and it's from the album Juliet. Of course, all your albums are on Spotify and iTunes and every, uh, where people can find great music. Tell me about the song Church. Yeah, well, we've been playing Church for a while, and it's definitely a song that's in the world of found. Um, it's just a fun, you know, get drunk and fall in love kind of song. And uh, it was just after, you know, on the Brick Kissel tour, that's when I really started to see that it was something people wanted to hear. Because every night after the show, we'd get people saying, like, hey, can you play that uh, Take Me Straight to Church song or Take to that Second Base First song? And, uh, okay, well, it's pretty consistent feedback from across the country. So we put it out and more of like a uh, tip of the hat to fans because everyone kept asking for it. And I, I, I think it's great. I think it's one of my favorite songs to play live. It's, it's just a, it's a dancing song. And, and I, I shot a really fun video for it down in, in the, the desert of California. I got to drive around this old 1970 convertible Cadillac for, for a few <laughs> days. So it was a good day at work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let's check out the song now. Dan Davidson in church on In the Country. Oh, take me straight to church. Cause I've been thinking about second base first Every Sunday at congregation I fall in love and my mind starts racing She caught me staring, I think she knows Send her a note, but the pastor was waiting second base first. second base first. Sing me straight to church Cause I've been thinking about second base first We can start with the honeymoon And I'll buy that ring for you Oh, sing me straight to church
Alberta's Dan Davidson. That song is called Church. You'll find that on his Juliet album. He also has songs for Georgia out with some great tunes, including Found and all the early hits. Uh, it must be cool. You mentioned with Church when you uh, play a song for the first time or you play it several times, and you, you know that song starts to respond. The audience responds to it, and you can tell that the song is taken off, and, and, and they're really liking it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the best feeling. That's the feeling I think that we're always all searching for as an artist is to put out a song and just like have a a, a real easy time convincing people it's great. <laughs> you know, the last <laughs> thing you want to do is is try and fight that battle. If the song can can cross the finish line on its own, and it's just the best feeling in the world. When did you first start writing songs, Dan? Was it, uh, I assume, when you were younger, of course. Um, what what uh, drew you to, to writing for the first time? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I, I've, I started playing fairly young, like probably about 12 or 13, because um, my dad would always play, and, and I know he'd written a couple songs, and I just thought that was kind of cool. And, um, I was just like, in love with the idea of rock stardom, I think when I was like 13, 14, loving grunge music <laughs> and, and just like right. really getting into bands and the, and the, the interesting, unique personalities that come out of these bands, you know, back in the nineties, it was like, you buy an album and I would just, I would just study it. Like I would study the, the album art, the liner notes, who produced it, you know, where the band is from, like the photography, just everything about it was just so interesting to me. It was, and, uh, I think that's where I was like, man, I want to do something that, that is this interesting and such a cool creative output. And I think that just led to me, you know, I played hockey a lot and stuff too, but I wanted to get in and just hang with my friends and play guitar. And that led to bands. And, and then, you know, we quickly realized that bands aren't bands without songs. <laughs> we had to write songs and, and they were all terrible until I was about, I don't know, 17 or 18. <laughs> Which happens. It's always those first few songs that, uh, unless you're uh, an exception, that, you know, they're not good. Nobody looks back on them fondly. But part of the process, right, to get to finally you write a good song. And I guess because you wrote the bad ones, you, you know when you hit a good one. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, I think still to this day, um, I, I'll, write a, I'll write a turd once in a while just to get to the good ones. I mean, <laughs> I write more songs with Clayton than anybody else. So Clayton Bellamy and I are always writing. And and uh, yeah, you know we're we're like a fifty percent. So like we know that we know that we work well together, but we know that fifty percent of the time it's not gonna we're not gonna knock it out of the park. We but the the fifty percent that we do, we're really happy with. So that's I think it's worth it. You know, you spend and at least with Clay, I know I'm hanging out with my buddy, so it's not wasted time for me. <laughs> exactly. If you're writing with somebody who's a buddy, you're gonna have a good hang regardless of what happens. Um, I've had Clayton Bellamy on the show several times. Of course, as you know, he's an amazing guy, great solo artist, great in the road hammers. And when you, when you have a partner like that, then obviously the songwriting comes easier because you know each other's thoughts almost and each other's approach to it. Yeah, and I think like the thing that there's a real honesty with, uh, with Clay and I and how we work is like, you know, we're not always – we will never, neither of us will ever claim to be a, a virtuoso writer guy, but you know, we, we both always show up and we both always have a good attitude. And mm-hmm. just, I think, you know, we try and try and fill the gap that's happening in the room the best we can. And you know, I think that's, that's, 
that's a great strategy to come at songwriting and a music career with. You don't, you don't have, no, you know, not everybody has to have the vocal chops of, uh, you know, I don't know, like whoever the best singer is, Dallas or Tennille or whoever. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, it, there's something to be said about showing up, doing great work and being consistent. And I think Clay and I are both that guy. So it's really, it's really fun for us to relate to each other that way. Is there new music, uh, new music on the way from you, Dan? We've got I Do out right now. Um, is this going to lead to an EP or an al- album from you this year? Yeah, you know, I, it's it's funny. I, I have so many songs right now that I, I'm trying to figure out the strategy. Like right right now, I've written a ton of songs that are actually duets. So I'm like, do I want to do maybe a duet EP for fun? Or, you know, I have ah, a couple other right. songs that are a little more poppy. And, and right now, you know, coming well, coming into the summer, hopefully – I really want to get some yeah. couple more up tempo songs. So really, I mean, I'm in a good spot because I do just came out, and uh, you know we're obviously all in lockdown right now. So I'm going to write a lot more, and and then I'll figure out what the the next direction is. But yeah, I mean, it's good. I got a lot of ammo right now, and and it'll definitely after a few more singles lead to a, another EP, and around uh, around we go on the old touring <laughs> carousel one more time. <laughs> And from your album, Juliet, when I was listening to it earlier, of course, you're known for the up-tempo, fun songs. Uh, Slow Dance is such a great, slower song, great ballad. Uh, really well done on that, great, and great to show another side of you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that one, I really love that song, and I, uh, I don't always play it live because I'm kind of like usually in a party scenario when I'm playing live, so it's always upbeat stuff. But with Slow Dance, it was a song I wrote with Jeff Dalziel, actually, and uh, Pete Lesperance, who, who used to play with the, the Stellas and in a rock band called Harem Scarum for a long time. Uh, so Pete is Jeff's go-to session guitar player. So Pete's played on a lot of my stuff. So it was, it was a really cool song to write with them. And it, I wrote it a long time ago, too. It was written in the, the time of the Songs for Georgia record. And um, it's always one that I feel like I can pull out acoustically. Like, I played I played that at the Bluebird Cafe the first time I played the Bluebird. And, and it was that's nice. that's a bit my, my special song for me. I had, you know, included in my country music lore <laughs> <laughs> great to play the bluebird and i did read uh in an interview of yours online that uh, you love those kind of things the um songwriter rounds right where you can play acoustically and it's just you and the guitar and the story behind the song i love them and you know i never i don't really get to do them all that often because um, i'm usually just like such a full band loud volume guy but uh you know, it's really something I've, I've I've got a chance to do a few of them this year, which is kind of nice for me because it's it's really a different muscle to flex. Like I get so nervous for these songwriter things. I'll I'll happily play to twenty thousand people and not blink an eye, but to play to like fifty people at a place like the Bluebird, it's terrifying to me. You know, like there's there's nothing to hide behind when it's you and a guitar. So right, it's, it's something I'm I'm working on a lot to try and get better at that kind of thing, but. You know, if you've ever seen somebody like Jessica Mitchell do that, it's it's hard. It's There's an art to it, you know? Like, she is the yeah. master of that kind of thing. Totally. Yeah, I've seen her live several times, and yeah, amazing. Uh, it's such a great way of seeing music acoustically. Uh, Dan, I want to thank you so much for being here. And again, congratulations this past weekend on two days of great entertainment, uh, the Dieselbird Digital Music Fest. And of course, um, our listeners can head to the website, dieselbirdfest.com, to make donations to Unison and or the Red Cross. They can get merch as well. Uh, Dan, great to chat with you. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, man, it's really my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on, Dave. 
Absolutely. Um, be sure to check out uh, Dan's song called I Do and request it at your local country station. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.